Kia ora, and welcome to the Aspire Church podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. Do you know what? This morning we are wrapping up our summer series uh, today because next week we're on the beach uh, and then I've got some bad news for you. The weekend we come back after that, it's autumn. That's it. It's, it's summer's done. It's over. Uh, how did that happen so fast? Sorry to be the bearer of... Who, who loves autumn? Oh, okay. Oh, well, it's not so bad then, is it? All right. So we've been on, uh, on this series, well certainly every time I've been preaching, and you can uh, listen to most of those messages uh, at our website, but we've been on this theme called The Power-Filled Life, and uh, the big idea of that uh, theme is that God is powerful. He is powerful, and He wants to fill us with His power, not, not our power, not our strength, but, but His, because our faith was never designed to be lived out in our own strength. And, you know, your willpower might be something, and, and there are some great gifted people here, as I sort of scan the room, uh, exceptionally good-looking people for sure. Uh, but, but to do God's will, you're going to need His empowerment. So that's kind of what this has been about as we've begun this year. And uh, so we've talked about you know, why that's so important. We've talked about the power of prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you this morning about the power of the name of Jesus. And uh, when I thought about doing this series, this was the message that I had on, had on my heart. I spoke about this a few, well, we speak about this every week, but this particular message probably four or five years ago, but I just feel it really stirred on this one. I want to read something from Philippians 2 which uh, speaks about, uh, about Jesus, and it, and it says this, Therefore God exalted him, speaking about Christ, and the previous verses to this is just talking about the sacrifice of Jesus and, and uh, how incredible he is. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above all names. Keeps on going, verse 10 of Philippians 2, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Let me just quickly pray. God, I thank you for your presence amongst us. Thank you for this time, this privilege, this these moments in your presence. I pray that you would indeed empower us for the week ahead. Thank you that you're with us right now. And God, we pray, come and challenge us where we need to be challenged. Come and do any of that internal adjusting that needs adjusting on the inside. I thank you that you don't care about our outward appearance, what we look like, but you do care what's going on on the inside. And Holy Spirit, you're the one who can make that change. And we invite you, we give you that room and that time today in Jesus' name. How many have heard of the Ten Commandments? Just a few of us. <laughs> I'm kidding, most of us should have. And, and uh, well, basically in the Old Testament, there was this guy Moses, and he was the leader of the Israelites. 
and he climbs up this big mountain and God meets him there at the top of this mountain. And the Bible says, it's in Exodus 19, that, uh, that at the top of this mountain, there was a whole lot of smoke and thunder and strange noises and lightning. And the, the Israelites who are at the bottom must have been wondering, why has Moses gone to a disco? But there's a lot of stuff going on up, up, up there. And, and, and God gives Moses, while he's up there, this list of things that he would really like the Israelites to follow. And there are a whole lot of stuff, but the, the Ten Commandments were like the top ten, if you will. And, and you'll, know, you'll know them, and I have them on, on the screen. Uh, it, it is this. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Two, you shall not make idols. Uh, three, you shall not take the name of God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath. Five, honor your father and mother. Six, you shall not murder. Seven, you shall not commit adultery. Eight, you shall not steal. Nine, you shall not bear false witness. Ten, you shall not covet. You know, growing up in church and, you know, being familiar with the Ten Commandments. How many have seen the movie with Charlton Heston? Indiana Jones? No, wrong movie, but, you know... uh, I always thought that the Ten Commandments were kind of on a sliding scale. You know, it started with the most important ones. And although when you kind of see like murders number seven, like I don't know about that order, but, but uh, I knew that they were all bad. But if you, if you broke kind of the, the higher ones, you were in real big trouble. You know, uh, stealing, lying, not so much. But, but uh, you better make sure you never blaspheme. And... Uh, and I, I always thought it was kind of strange how taking the Lord's name in, in vain was, was worse than murder or adultery. You know, it's just a little, little strange to me. Why was God so concerned uh, about that one? And, and as we know, the, the Ten Commandments are not actually in any kind of priority order, right? But I just want to take a look this morning at this one, this number three about taking the name of God uh, in, in, in vain. Because the Bible says, Exodus 20 verse 7, it says this, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And you know, as I said, when I was, when I was younger, this translated to me to essentially saying, never saying things like, oh my God, right? Or, or especially never saying Jesus Christ in any kind of irreverent way. And, and of course, that still applies to my life right now, but it was kind of ingrained in me in Sunday school. I, I grew up kind of believing that this is all that that third commandment required of me, and all that we have to do to fulfill it is use the word gosh instead of God, and, and then you'll be okay. And, uh, and, and I don't want to belittle that, that, you know, there is something wrong with, with reducing the name of Jesus to, to a swear word, right? It's irreverent. We shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. But I kind of always wa- wondered why this commandment was listed amongst all the more seemingly serious infections like idolatry and, and murder. Why was God so concerned about how his name was, was taken? And uh, I want to suggest that there's a little bit more going on here because it, it isn't just a command about how we're to use God's name. It's a command about how we are to take it. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. 
I just want to kind of set this up a little bit this morning, and some of you will remember a message on this some years ago. But you know what? The Bible tells us that we are Christ's ambassadors, right? It goes on in 2 Corinthians 5.20 to say that it's as though though God were making his appeal through us. The Bible suggests that we are his representatives. In other words, we have taken the name of Jesus for ourselves. We have the authority to use his name. Uh, Jesus said to the disciples that miracles would accompany those who have believed. It's an awesome testimony from from Batali this morning. He he went on to say to the disciples, in my name, uh, you will cast out demons. You'll place your hands on the sick and they will recover. I think this is Matthew 16 or Mark 16. You know, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus, the the name which is uh, above every other name, the name in which every knee shall bow uh, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The the name of Jesus is a great name, right? And, And we as believers have taken that name. Yeah. You know, when Caroline and I got married, I think it was 20. Two years, 22 years ago, or coming up in, in April. Uh, and, and when we got married, Caroline had to give up her name. In fact, she gave up her boring, mediocre last name, <laughs> Caroline Eaton. And uh, she received the high privilege and honor of uh, taking the distinguished and, and uh, rare name of Caroline Smith. I don't know if you know any other Smiths, but uh, that was quite the privilege, I'm sure. And, and when she took on my name, it wasn't just some romantic uh, gesture. It, she actually took on my name legally, right? And, and she became Caroline Smith. And, and now she can sign documents in, in that name and she can open accounts in that name. She, she became part of the Smith family, right? The Smith family. And... and uh, that's now part of her, her identity. She's a smith. She's not just borrowing it for a time. She is a smith. And she's since popped out a whole lot of little smiths along the way. And, sorry, excuse me. And, uh, but No more, no more. I, I just want to remind you guys uh, this morning that uh, when you became a Christ follower... You took on the name of Jesus. You take on all of his benefits. You take on the privileges of of having, carrying that that name. It's not just some kind of poetic statement. It's far, far more than that. You have been, if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, you've been grafted into the family, into the family of God, right? You've, you've taken on his name. The Bible suggests, the Bible tells us that, that we are now adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. You have been made an heir and co-heirs with Christ. There are these 
privileges and of, of, of adopt, being adopted into his name's sake. You're no longer a slave to, to sin, right? You, we, we've, we've received a new identity in Christ because of taking on that name. You've become a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. His name is not something you just borrow. And, and we're from time, time to time. I remember a story we, we bumped into a friend at, at an, an airport a couple of years back when you could actually fly. We were going to Australia, I think. And he, he was a, a frequent flyer and he had one of those special cards that gets you into one of those special lounges. And he's like, hey, you can, you can come on the back of, me, of my card and I, I can get you into, into these executive lounges. And so he got us got us in on his card and we had access to all this amazing food and drink. I was like putting like egg sandwiches into my bag for the flight. This is amazing. Like it's free. And, 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 you know, it's true that Jesus has made a way for us. He's granted us or given us access. But I just want to remind you again, it's more than just a piggyback deal. It's more than like we get it. We get in on, on his cart. The, the, the priv- there are privileges of being a Christ follower. And while Jesus got them for us, they're actually accrued to our account. They're ours. They belong to you because you've taken on his name. You've taken on his name. I, I love it in, in, uh, in Luke 10. Jesus is commissioning the disciples and he sends them out. First the 12 and, and then the 70. And it, and it says that some of the 70 returned to Christ and they, they say, to, say to Jesus, filled with joy, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In, in your name. There's something significant about the name of Jesus that we take on as believers, something power, powerful. I love the story in Acts chapter 3. You'll be familiar with it about the lame man who's begging at the entrance to the temple. And, and one day the disciples, Peter and, and John, they walk past and they're accosted by this man. And Peter stops and he gets his attention. And that lame man is, is, is expecting to get uh, money from them as he does every, every day. And, and then those famous words of Peter, he looks at this man and he says, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. It's in his name. There's something powerful about being in, in his name. And no doubt many of us, we heard a story just today, have seen the power of that name work through your life in various ways. It's miracles, healings, provision, deliverance, breakthrough, whatever it might be. And, and, and I said, I don't want to just talk about how we use his name, but how we take it. How we take it. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. There's something really powerful to be received from this. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That word vain, particularly in the, in the context that it was written in, in the Hebrew, it, it, it literally just means emptiness. To take the name in vain, it means being empty, uh, uh, having a nothingness, having no fulfillment being meaningless. And what we tend to do 
is we take the relevancy of this third commandment, not to take the name of the Lord your God in vain, and we apply it to those outside the faith community. We apply it to all of those people who refuse to acknowledge or revere or respect the name of Jesus. We, those who deny his divinity and reject who he was. And let's, let's include all of the people that you may know who use the name of Jesus as a profanity. That's who we think of who are breaking that kind of commandment. And, and, and by those kinds of people, that's taking his name in vain. But you know what? The problem is that this commandment wasn't written to an unbelieving audience. It was written to Israel, the children of God, the same people who experienced some of the most incredible miracles in the Bible. That's who it was kind of aimed towards the, the Red Sea parting, those kinds of people, right? Provision in the desert, the shoes that never wore out. I wish that would happen to my $4 jandals from Kmart, but, but uh, I just have to keep on buying them. But anyway, uh, a pillar of cloud by day, fire by night, what, all of these incredible miracles that the children of Israel saw, it was a commandment that was given to them. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And, and so if we are to take any relevancy or application from this Old Testament passage, take it through the cross and grace and all, all of that kind of stuff, we have to first consider that he's actually speaking not to the unchurched or the irreligious, but he's talking to you and I today. To the ones who would say, well, that's my God. That's, that's Jesus whom whose name I have, have taken, Jesus, who, whose name I am now authorized to represent, the name of the one whose family I have been grafted into and adopted into, my Savior and Lord, that name, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And, and maybe this morning you're kind of, well, well, you know, pastor, you won't ever hear me blaspheming, you know. I may have said OMG, but it's always gosh, not God. You know, what, what, what is, I believe in the name of Jesus. So how am I possibly taking his name in vain? And what, how, how does this work out today for us as a, in a new covenant family? Well, how many know, and this is not a trick question, okay. So uh, how many know that Jesus Christ is perfect peace? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's good. How many know, how many know that the name you have taken on as a believer represents perfect peace? Yeah. Yep. Come on. Yes. So, so how many understand that because, because uh, you have therefore taken on his name that then peace, peace, Jesus is perfect peace. Then, then then you can have perfect peace as part of the inheritance and rights of his name. Okay? In other words, peace is possible for your life even amidst a storm. Would you agree? No, as I said, no, no, no tricky questions. How many have ever thought, felt, or said while they've been a follower of Jesus, man, I'm anxious. For the record, my, name, my uh, hand is up well and truly, right? How many know that Jesus Christ is perfect love, right? He, he, he is love. How many know that the name you have taken on as a believer represents perfect love? 
How many understand because you have received perfect love as part of your inheritance and rights of that name, that perfect love is possible for your life? Yeah. How many, while being a follower of Jesus, have ever said, man, I am afraid. I'm, I'm fearful. I'm scared right now. For the record, my hand is going up nice and high. <laughs> right. I mean, I could keep on going with that. But what I'm trying to say is, is, is it possible that, that when we say in life, I am, you fill in the blanks, I am afraid, or I am feeling unloved, or I, I feel rejected, or I am feeling lonely, or I am feeling what, whatever that might be, and it's not who Jesus is, that you are actually taking his name in vain. It's an interesting thought, right? You shall not take the name of your Lord, your God, in vain. And as, as ones who have taken on his name, as ones who, has, who have received his name's sake and all of the rights and privileges of that name, I, I want to suggest, and I know this is kind of a challenge, and it's a challenge to me, when our confession does not line up with who he is, with what he represents, We've made that aspect of his name empty and meaningless, lacking its fulfillment in our life. We make it vain. And see, all of the things that his name represents are ours, are ours. Now, I'm not coming down hard on anyone because my hand goes up with a lot of those things. I just want us to think about the power-filled life and what's been made available to us because sometimes there's this disconnect between salvation and living a free life, a life that Jesus paid for us. And fantastic that we can say, you know, I've received his name. I get my ticket clipped to home in heaven. But there's more to it than that, this kingdom in us, that there are things now made available to us. And so all the things that his name represents are yours because of who he is. And so when we say things like, man, I just feel hopeless. I am hopeless. These, these confessions of, of identity. These things we say out of, of our lips. Listen, there's nothing hopeless in the name of Jesus. Only hope, right? You've got to stop taking his name in vain. When you, when you say, oh, man, I, I don't have what it takes. Listen, Jesus does, so so do you. When you say, man, I'm not good enough. He is. When you say, I'm, I'm, in, I'm insecure, God isn't. When you say, I, I am unlovable, that is impossible. When you say, I cannot do this, listen, God can do all things in Christ. Amen? Amen. And so when we start confessing all of these things, and I know you've heard me say this all the time, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Stop doing that. Stop taking the name of the Lord your God in vain. Instead, whenever we come up with these feelings, we have to make sure that those things do not exalt themselves above the name of Jesus. And even when we're not feeling like we're loved, we need to declare and confess, I am loved. I am loved. I am righteous. Do you know what? Even when, when you make a mistake, 
when you stumble, when you trip up and fall, the worst thing you can do is start to confess, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. In Christ, you're not. You are the righteousness of Christ in Him. Outside of Him, yeah, maybe, but as we are righteous. And we need to start confessing that so our behavior, if you will, lines up with some of those thoughts. I am going to make it. I am confident. I am able. I, I, I am a worker of miracles. Maybe the band could come. This is just going to be a short message because I, I just want to pray this morning. I am patient. I, I am healed. I am enough. I am secure. I am strong. I am filled with peace. I am filled with boldness. I am filled with His power. I am who He is. You are all of these things because of Christ in you. And whatever He is, you are today. And I just want to declare over this place as we wrap up this series this morning about the power-filled life. And I want you to help me this morning. I want to declare some things about who God is and what we have access to. Why don't we, why don't we, stand, why don't we stand up this morning? Because He is the great I Am. And Jesus, You are Jehovah Raphael, the God who heals. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. You are Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. And today, because of who you are, we're going to take your name. We're going to take the power of your name. And we're going to appropriate it, apply it into our lives. Pray this morning. I pray wherever there is anything going on that is not a part of who you are, where there is strife, where there is fear, where there is confusion, where there is sin, where there is turmoil, where there is struggle, we declare the name of Jesus over those things. Your great and powerful name the name of Jesus, of whom there is no other name like yours on earth or in heaven. Your name is great. Your name, God, the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that you are Lord. You are Lord. And I pray Help us to know what it means to make you Lord, to make you King in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls, to give you the keys, God, to rule on the throne of our hearts. Help us, Holy Spirit, this year, whenever powerless thinking begins to meddle in our minds, Whenever powerless thoughts, God, come into our minds, particularly ones about who we are around our identity, help us, Holy Spirit, remind us in those moments about who you are and because of that, who we are. And let every thought become captive to the name of Jesus, that we would not take your name, the name of our Lord in vain. I pray the power of that name 
into every issue and into every area that doesn't line up with who you are. And I declare the breakthrough power of that name over our lives this year. Of all the things you've called us to do, of the places, the doorways that you're calling us to step into, the keys that you're giving us, the dreams that you're putting on our lives, the breath of the Spirit upon your promises for us, God. That for those things that we wrestle with, that the power of your name would come upon the things that you're calling us to. And that we would confess the power of Thank you for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram or check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz.